This is Gotham Season 5, Episode 3, Penguin, Our Hero. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lloyd Taylor, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. Welcome back, fellow detectives. This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 131, about Gotham Season 5, episode 3, Penguin, our hero. I am one of your hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek, with our spoiler-filled discussion about this episode. Ooh, that kind of hurts, that opening section from Andrew Sellen there, where he says his welcome as Mr. Penn from Gotham. Um, as we saw in this episode, we have lost one of our favorite characters in Gotham, Mr. Penn. It's such a shame to see characters that have come on board um, and really developed that character, you know, as a supporting character, but made it so memorable mm-hmm. uh, to have them uh, killed off by a stray bullet, ultimately. Uh, and certainly, you know, a loyal, trusted advisor to Penguin, to Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, but seemingly, you know, the, his time had come uh, on Gotham with all the craziness. And who knows, he may have been in the building um, at right at the end if he hadn't been shot. So he could have been toasted anyway. Exactly, exactly. Well, the good news, though, is that we do have a full hour-long interview with Andrew Sellen, who played the part of Mr. Penn on Gotham. Uh, I talked to him all about his time on the show, right the way back through Season 4, some of the greatest moments that we have on the show. I think where we have the episode where Mr. Penn is found in the Oranor, uh, dressed in his onesie, uh, which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the many absolutely. times he's had to tell really bad news to uh, Oswald Cobblepot, and the tricks he uses to stay at least arm's length away from Oswald Cobblepot to make sure he doesn't get strangled when he gets that, that, that bad news. But we also specifically talked about this episode, his final episode on the show, why he uh, had these moments, uh, what that last moment with Oswald Cobblepot meant, uh, and really about the trust and relationship that was between those two characters. A really good interview. I hope you get the chance to check it out on GothamTVPodcast.com. Should be out really soon. Yeah, really good interview there, uh, done by Derek and with Andrew Sellen as well, who plays Mr. Penn. Um, yeah, he certainly was the bearer of bad news, and it's amazing he lasted this far, and in fact doesn't die at the hands of Penguin, despite mm-hmm. even getting up and leaving him in, in this uh, episode to move from uh, Penguin's safe haven, which is really just for Penguin, to the <laughs> safe haven uh, that has been set up by Lucius and the GCPD. Yeah. So yeah, really, really good. And of course we have um, our thoughts on episode three from david mazus as well um so really good stuff here uh for the final season of gotham uh yeah really good so it is penguin our hero our captain our king <laughs> there's some great moments in yeah. this episode but there is also some really crazy moments in this episode as well do you know what i'm going to do i think we should go through our normal details of the episode the synopsis and then we'll uh, bring in david mazusa's piece uh, about this episode because his thoughts are specifically related to one of the big moments in the episode so uh, i want to put it in there absolutely but first fellow gothamites fellow detectives uh, please remember to share the podcast and share the love. Uh, subscribe, rate us, leave a review on any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice over at gothamtvpodcast.com where you can find a selection of Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, whatever you're listening 
device or program of choice is. But f- on to our spoiler-filled review. Uh, Derek, what are some of the episode details? Well, we're into season five, and as we said, this is a season by the wonderful crew behind Gotham for the fans of Gotham. So they keep bringing back lots of members of the crew and staff behind the show that have done many episodes before. Uh, this episode is Rob Bailey's episode. This is the 10th episode of Gotham that Rob has directed right back from the excellent Penguin's Umbrella back in season one, which we all, all thought was the game changer for the show Gotham. When it, once it got to Penguin's Umbrella, the entire show oh, yeah. became the show it's come today. Uh, he's done 10 episodes in total right the way back from then. Uh, and the episode was directed by Zishun. Uh, Z has done a bunch of episodes since he joined the show back in season three. I think this is his ninth episode so far. And he's done three episodes for this season alone. Of the 12 episodes, three of them are from Zishun. Yeah, cool. it really is uh, great seeing all this. I mean, as well, there is Stop Hitting Yourself, which is another great um, episode that was directed by Rob Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he's really, I remember distinctly, even now, Penguin's Umbrella. In some ways, a really um, different show back in season one. I mean, Penguin's Umbrella was a very um, early episode, I think around episode eight. Um, and, uh, you know, that really showed the political connivings of Penguin and in particular Carmen Falcone as well. Yeah. You know, it, it really just was a great moment there in the first half of season one. So really, really nice stuff. So yeah. Absolutely. And also, uh, Zishun, uh, who's done all of these episodes, as I mentioned, the writer of these episodes, uh, recently he's moved on to a new career uh, just after finishing up his work on Gotham. Uh, he's joined a bunch of partners to set up a comic book company called TKO Comics. Uh, I highly recommend going out and checking them out. Just go to uh, tkopresents.com and you'll be able to sign in there and get some great books by the likes of, of uh, Zishun himself and by Garth Ennis as well and loads, loads more creators involved. But check it out. It's a brand new way of writing comics and a brand new way of distributing comics. It's got loads of coverage at the start of January of this year, and hopefully it's going to be a big success for, for Zishun. Uh, love seeing our former Gotham crew and, and, and writers and directors going on and doing great things in the future. And this seems right in our wheelhouse as well. So uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, great stuff. John, do you want to tell us what Rob and Zishun gave us for this episode with your synopsis? Sure. Jim Gordon hopes to stop the gang fighting in Gotham with the creation of Haven to act as a safe zone for refugees in the devastated city. As more people arrive to take advantage of Haven's safety, a number of its new inhabitants, Mr. Penn, Edward the Bulldog, and the Gertrude Capaport Memorial Choir, attract the attention of the Penguin. As the Penguin goes to Haven to reclaim his staff and people with the aid of the Street Demons, Lowboys, and the Undead Gangs, Selina Kyle is more determined than ever to find and reclaim Jeremiah for her own revenge and on her own terms. She convinces Bruce Wayne to help her, and as they navigate the violence of the mutant gangs in the Dark Zone, they find a way to join Jeremiah's gang at an initiation ceremony in an abandoned church given over to the cult of Jeremiah. As Selina plays Russian roulette with Echo, a rift forms between her and Bruce as she is determined to do it her way. Meanwhile, back at Haven, the Penguin goes from villain to hero, but loses his trusted advisor and his pens. And things go tick, tick, boom. Hugely shocking moments once again in this episode of Gotham. We've been doing our, our <laughs> uh, recordings over on YouTube about our three most shocking moments for this episode. The ones for this one, I think we wrote about six or seven to choose our top three for this episode because it just seems to build and build and build and get more and more shocks in there. Like, you know, so many surprising moments. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a bit. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, and here is our brand new neighborhood. 
Oh, whoops. It's uh, gone. It's gone. <laughs> Everybody's gone. They're all dead, Jim. They're all dead. Uh, yeah, a bit of a shocking one. And definitely one of those ones where you want to find out what happens next week. Who's inside the building? Who's lost? Who's still alive? You know, um, be very interesting to know. Before we get into our top five case notes, we do have our final piece of input from the wonderful David Mazous, who plays Bruce Wayne on Gotham. Uh, his thoughts about him working back with Selena Kyle. And for the first time, as we mentioned, with Catwoman this season. Hey, Derek. Hiya, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, mate. Doing good. Welcome back. Thank you. On episode three, we see a kind of a huge moment here. We've heard from Kamenbrika Dova that she feels that she's always been playing Selena Kyle for the first couple of seasons. And in this episode, really, she plays Catwoman for the first time. There's a different energy between the two of you in this episode when you go off to battle a comic book villain, the mutants. Uh, we see a great fight scene between yourself and and, uh, and Cameron and the, the mutants on the street. Was it very different... Um, after five years working with Cameron and doing a scene like this where you see her as a much more powerful villain, there's, there's a little bit of trepidation between Bruce and and uh, Selena in the way they battle and the way they're willing to, how far they're willing to go to get what they want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is really the first time that we see that key difference. I mean, obviously, Batman is a hero and Catwoman is a villain in, mm-hmm. in the comics. But why, why is that? And I think there's a very fine line that separates the two because they are incredibly similar from their looks to their actions. You know, they, they both are wearing a, a, a black, um, somewhat latex onesie mm-hmm. um, and they're prowling around on rooftops at night. You know, that's, that, that's both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what really makes them different? And uh, it really comes down to their willingness to kill, um, I, in, in my opinion. Um, because Catwoman's not bad. I mean, obviously she, she's she's a thief too. There's a minor detail, but mm-hmm. but um, for the most part, I think in my mind that's kind of what it comes down to. And this is really the first time that we see that difference come to life in such a vivid way, where Bruce stops her um, from 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 crossing that line, um, and she's not happy about it. And we'll see what she does with that in, in future episodes. Thank you, David, for those thoughts on on this episode. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think there is that fine line uh, that separates. Bruce and uh, Selena or Batman and Catwoman. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting, actually, that some of the origins of that has been um, really looked at in these five seasons of Gotham. And I think we really see this um, come to the fore. And I would agree that willingness to kill by Selena, certainly within the context of, of what she says to Bruce, which is, I've done it your way forever since the beginning. Now, with her renewed confidence uh, and the changes that have happened to her she is beginning to take charge of um, her own way of doing things on her terms and in particular because it's about Jeremiah and the fact that he shot her then this is really personal and even with uh, as much goodwill and friendship that she has for Bruce Wayne she wants to do this on her terms. And um, I, I really liked that moment where she stood up to, to Bruce to say, um, I've done it your way. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to do it my way. I think the great thing is that what happens here as they get older, as they move into adulthood with um, Batman and Catwoman, she is a antagonist that you can root for. You know, there is a blurred line there between her being good or evil she Mm -hmm. is a thief rather than a killer but she will kill because people have been as she says been trying to kill her so this was really really nice to see this interaction between the two and of course uh yes the latex onesie who who wouldn't want to wear that (laughs) i don't know it's like oh right okay 
Latex onesie sounds the most uncomfortable it thing. There's probably a lot of talc in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that little uh, gag from David Mazzucci, though. That is quite a similarity between the two of them. They're both standing on roofs in pretty much latex onesies. So, uh, you know, what is it that makes them different? Really, a really good point. And to your point as well, John, they have explored this relationship over five seasons. And I will say, one of the things I think Gotham's been hugely successful with is adding lots of background to characters that people thought they knew. You know, Catwoman is a very well-known character in the comic books, but you kind of get a little bit of a backstory in the comic books, a little bit, not a huge amount, from when she's a, a you know, a late teenage into 20s kind of character. But over the years, she's kind of kept a very similar storyline over and over again, where herself and Bruce fall in and out of relationships a lot. Whereas in this show, I think what Cameron B. Condover has lent to this character is a lot of extra love from me anyway, as a, as a fan of the comic books. I now see the Selena Kyle in the comics as being just the older version of Cameron Beacon Dover's character who I've fallen in love with on the show. I think she's done a great job of giving some depth and dimension to that character. Definitely. I, I think it, she's just added layers and so has David Mazous as well. Just layers yeah. and layers to where these characters have come from, from very small moments to really big points uh, along that route as well. So it, it's, uh, it's fantastic. So yeah, really great to hear uh, your thoughts David on uh, episode 3 thank you yeah and obviously David did record all of that together in one uh, interview that I did with him uh, just before Christmas uh, last year at the end of at the end of filming for Gotham um, so he hasn't just been sitting in a podcast room waiting for his moment to come on the podcast to share his thoughts about each episode so I will be putting out that full interview the 10 minutes that we had with uh, with David Mazous uh, all about his thoughts about the series so far and those little snippets about the individual episode but all, all those are together this week as well over on Gotham TV podcast that would be awesome though if we did have David Mazous <laughs> some kind of round table on Gotham could, uh, yeah. with you know where we just discuss this final season that would be uh pretty pretty cool absolutely yeah it would be great to have all of the cast uh just t- dialing in and telling us what their thoughts about the individual episodes <laughs> yeah, are of course and as i mentioned we do have andrew Sellen coming up talking about his time on the show as well uh, let's get on to case note number one john penguin's war yes oh penguin our king as it is sung so beautifully by the gertrude capelput memorial choir um as he limps down the spiral staircase. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is Penguin's War, really. Um, he is attacked again by the street demons. Um, I, I really kind of like this moment where, um, ultimately Penguin fights back and, and uses his superior firepower. And they're like, we didn't really think this through. Um, <laughs> after, you know, they explain that the only reason they attacked was because of that graffiti on the wall that the penguin was here, mm-hmm. uh, which we saw um, Ed Nigma uncover at the the location of the Street Demons headquarters. Yeah, and of course, Penguin's just like, I would do that. I'm not like that kind of person. Uh, so uh, you think I'd leave anybody alive? If I was trying to start <laughs> yeah, a war. Exactly. <laughs> really, really good. You know, Penguin is not the sort of person that goes tagging walls. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so it was really, really nice. Uh, done. Just that that nice little comedic moment. It, it's one of those interesting things, isn't it? Where Oswald Cobblepot immediately um, being attacked by the street demons, and then is immediately uh, persuades them and turns them around to work for him yeah. to then go after. Haven effectively, mm-hmm. uh, because o- over the period of this um, episode, then things just are getting worse and worse for Penguin's zone, ultimately. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so we have a really nice contrast here that shows that when um, the Gertrude Capelport Memorial Choir uh, has left Penguin's um, 
protection uh, and we just have Olga, his trusty maid, singing or trying to sing <laughs> the same song on her own um, as he walks down the stairs and he's like, where is everyone? And even Mr. Penn has fled Penguin's protection yes taking poor little edward the uh the bulldog with <laughs> yes. him uh it's great to see deborah unger back in this role of of alga We've, oh, we haven't seen time. her for a few seasons now i think and maybe maybe a full season actually uh, since last time we saw her but just that moment when she's standing on the stairs and oswald's shouting at her even though she's being really respectful and giving him his morning song as he's grown accustomed <laughs> to um but then calls out you know they did they take my dog and she goes rumor has it he went willingly <laughs> yeah <laughs> hilarious moment really really good little little touch and um, but yes we do get to confirm the name of the other gang uh, in Gotham, the one that we saw last last episode that looked like they were wearing costumes from Dea de los Muertos. Uh, they're the undead uh, is, the, is that gang because we see them joining up with the low boys and the street demons and Penguin towards the end of the episode. So that's the other name, the other gang that were attacked by Barbara at the end of episode yes, two. Yes, I, I was calling them the Day of the Dead gang. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I think the other great thing from Olga is how she pronounces Haven as well, which is like Haven. It's <laughs> um, really nicely done. I mean, uh, she's these characters, Olga, you know, Mr. Penn, uh, mother and child. There's been so many of them throughout um, Gotham. And it's just don't forget creepy nurse from episode one as well. Creepy nurse. But I mean, it goes beyond this season. it's, It's part of the reason why we brought, you know, Gotham character of the week to to recognize um, these smaller characters um, that bring to life something that is integral to an episode. And in some cases, like with Mr. Penn especially, but also even with Olga, you know, there is a reoccurrence there that that embeds them firmly as uh, a fan favorite. Yeah. So it was really nice to see Olga uh, back, um, you know, telling Oswald the truth, a bit like Mr. Penn. Yes, yeah. That's it. That's case note number one, Penguin's War, which is really that the war didn't happen, that whoever it was was trying to start Ed or the combination of Ed and Lee that were trying to start the war between Penguin and all the other gangs. He actually just turned it to his advantage, just like Oswald does every single time. So on to case note number two, Selena on her revenge streak. What a great opening for Selena in this episode as she is having that flashback, really, a kind of dream, kind of nightmare about the uh, the moment when she was shot by Jeremiah, the kiss that she had with Bruce Wayne, everything that was going on. And she wakes up, has that moment of fear that she's still stuck to her bed and then realizes actually she's been cured and leaves the hospital and goes and gets her old costume back and goes out in the city, or a new costume, I guess, uh, goes out in the city to search for Jeremiah. It's just so good to have Selena back properly on the streets again. It's a really nice moment, um, I think, here, because, you know, she persuades uh, Bruce to come with her. Bruce has got a lot of reservations, A, because, um, you know, in, sp- in trying to get some information about if where Jeremiah is in Gotham, they, they meet this guy um, who's kind of almost having a bit of a breakdown. Yeah. Um, and... He, he's kind of saying Jeremiah is not the worst thing in this dark zone of, um, Gotham. And, and he shows all these scars on his back. I mean, I, I did think of, uh, Victor Zaz, uh, you know, these slices and cuts. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's it felt like a kill over and over again in his body. Yeah. Yeah. It really felt like a, a Victor Zaz, um, tag on this body. Yeah. So it, it was, uh, really, really good. But I also just think that, you know, 
Bruce agrees to go only if you know he's brought back to stand trial to get to have justice um, uh, applied to him and sent to a crazy house is what he specifically yeah. calls out. So he still thinks that there will be an Arkham Asylum where you can send these characters to. It's a very defining moment when you have our Bruce Wayne standing in front of Selina Kyle going, no, no, you can't kill him. You need to bring him back, put him on trial and send him to the crazy house. Um, you know, it's, it, this is a constantly reoccurring problem, some people would say, with Batman, where all he wants to do is put these people in crazy houses with revolving doors rather than killing them. Yeah, so, yeah. but I, I think as well, you see here that Bruce is really scared of Selina's drive to go after Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. He knows how dangerous Jeremiah is and, you know, he doesn't want to lose Selina. But this moment of Selina really stepping up to Bruce, I think, starts here where she goes, I'm not yours to lose. Yes. You know, she's really... Yes, she's friends with Bruce. Yes, she'd probably have a relationship with Bruce, but she's in, she's, she has this independence. Um, and she is here starting to think of things on her own terms. Even with bringing Bruce along, she is kind of slightly uh, sketchy with him as yes. to whether, um, Jeremiah will be brought back alive to stand trial and go to the crazy house. So, uh, it, it's really nice. And I think uh, coming back as well to your point, Derek, there's that moment where they're in the dark zone. It's kind of nighttime and Selena is doing all these handstands and walking on her hands and doing backflips and all that along the cars as she's speaking with Bruce Wayne. They're both in black. They're both, um, you know, trying to find and track down Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. And I, this just felt really, really nice, uh, having these two patrolling the streets, just like uh, it was old for old time's sake. Absolutely. Almost. Even just as they're entering the Dark Zone for the first time, when Bruce and Selina are just chatting away, it just really did feel like old times. I like that Bruce has that reaction to her, just has a little smile on his face going, it's great to have you back, finally. But they do meet some pretty well-known comic book films uh, as they enter the Dark Zone. The Mutants, who we know from uh, The Dark Knight Returns, the wonderful Frank Miller book, um, which is effectively where we see these characters for the first time. Uh, The Mutants kind of rose up after Batman retires, after Bruce Wayne goes into retirement. Uh, They rose up in the city. So this is something that happens much further in the future uh, of the character of Batman. But I love that they've taken the exact design of these characters and put them into this episode, including them calling out their famous slice and dice phrase uh, to Selina Kyle. Slice and dice. Yes. Little chicky. (laughs) Yes. When we saw the, uh, the adaptation of that, uh, that, book as a as a cartoon i think that that phrase has stayed with you for years it has slice and dice um is such a great little uh tagline for for this gang mm-hmm. and i mean they're 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 sort of transposed so well from the comics here even with the those glasses with the squared out lenses Absolutely. and so on and and the pointy teeth that they've kind of filed down on the mutant leader yeah yeah, yeah. really nicely done um and i love the you know we see them as they come into this this area, there's a guy in a car with his throat slit, and then there's a guy running down the street in what used to be a good neighborhood with this bomb strapped to his hands, and and which ends up being a nail bomb. So yeah. you know things are uh, on the slide in this uh, once good neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Um, as they see them beating to a pulp this blown up body, that's where they then come face to face with the leader of the mutants. Uh, and there is a great fight that ensues here. And I have really to say, good, yeah, yeah. It, it was really nicely done. Selena facing off against the leader, uh, you know, 
determined to get some kind of intel from him about where uh, Jeremiah is. And then Bruce taking on the other half of this gang who had strapped the bomb to this poor guy uh, and blown him up uh, to protect Selena's back as she goes to, to work on the, the leader. But of course, again, we see this hint of Selena's new approach. Um, which is, it, it, again, she just can, you know, she, she sets the kitty claws out and just keeps attacking him. And there's that great moment where Bruce can see this happening, but he's still having to fight off and defend Selena's, uh, sort of rear guard, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, from the, the mutant gang. And he's doing it as fast as he can so that he can, like, then take charge of that situation to prevent her from killing the leader of the mutants. And and this kind of carries on, though, through even once they're in this abandoned church on the hunt for Jeremiah, mm-hmm. uh, where you get a really nice moment where he's still alive, isn't he? You know, he was out to kill me, so I think he's gotten a good deal here, yeah. that she says to to Bruce. So yeah. she she's really uh, making the point here that, Okay, I get that you don't want to kill people, but these people are out to kill us. And if I have to kill them to protect myself, I'm going to do it. And in this case, that hasn't happened. So he's gotten a good deal because he would not have held back if the tables were reversed. So this is a a really, again, that little hint of the two of them kind of just rifting apart here in in terms of how they view this investigation uh, and getting Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, really, really good points. And definitely don't want to gloss over the fact that the way that Bruce stops Selena is by using his back grappler yeah, yeah grappling cool. hook to just stop her arm from uh, from continuing the punching and i love the reaction from selena is just what the hell has he just done <laughs> <laughs> really really good stuff let's continue with selena yeah let's grapple with case note three which is selena versus echo and of course uh you have to be all in for this because this is a game of russian roulette mm-hmm. jeremiah initiation ceremony of which echo has seen a pretty nasty side of that as well where um it is six guns six bullets one round in each chamber and the other person has the control of firing it to the back of the head and yeah i mean this russian roulette not everyone makes it and there's that great moment where uh, the the danger that Selena in re- becomes real for Bruce as he walks into this uh, area of this church that they're exploring to try and find Jeremiah and uh, he sees all these bodies with a single gunshot uh, to the back of the head or you know the the exit point at the front of the head yeah uh, and then you see this moment in a sort of a, a drain swimming pool or something where they're all um in a circle with each member pointing the gun to the back of the other person in front of them um, and and playing this game of Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, so creepy. It's, it is really creepy. I do think here as well, Echo looks superb. Her makeup yeah. is amazing. I love the, the eyebrow above, the eyebrow below, the other eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the full lips on one side, uh, on one half of her lips, and then the full lips on the bottom half of her lips. Uh, everything is sort of matched uh, and opposite. Yeah. Uh, really nicely and it done. It just adds just a, that sense of creepiness and, and, um, and just everything being off center, everything being, uh, very confused in the mind of Echo. And we find out the reason why really is because, well, she's played this game. Uh, Selena challenges her and says, you know, this is way too crazy. If you think anybody should play this game, you should play it. And she goes, I have. 
and the bullet is still lodged inside her brain. So rattling around. Yeah, yeah. remember, like the first time we met Echo back in in season four, she was just a PA for uh, for Jeremiah and for Jerome. She dealt with them in the past, um, but she was just a standard person that could kick ass, like she was a good fighter. But now we're seeing the crazy side of this character, and it seems to have been caused by playing this game um, and following Jeremiah down this path of absolute craziness. But I'm really liking uh, what they're doing with her. Obviously, I think we can probably say it right now, we know that this is going to be our Harley, Harley Quinn for Gotham, uh, in yeah. the same way that Jeremiah and Jerome are the are the Gotham version of Joker. Everybody probably knows this by now, but just in case you didn't, we do get her quoting the infamous line from uh, from Harley Quinn of, oh, Puddin', aren't you delicious? So she is just stating that, that simple fact. If you think there's another Harley Quinn coming on the show, this is our Harley Quinn, right? Yeah, exactly. And and Selena has a nice uh, retort. I mean, retort uh, <laughs> with "I'm no pudding." <laughs> uh-huh. Really nice. As they then fight it out, um, and uh, you know, really nicely done. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think the great thing here is that Echo has been through this process herself. You know, and you know, while she's fighting with Selena, she she you know she says the question um, that. She, she was willing to look death in the face uh, to let her old self die so she can be reborn with Jeremiah, mm. um, which Echo thinks that Selena hasn't because Selena has used her, her, her claws, her kitty claws to stop the hammer from striking on the gun to yeah. prevent the bullet from going. And of course, this is all seen by Echo, who then knows exactly who she is. Yeah. And I'd absolutely argue, and I think I did while I was watching the episode, kind of thinking, it, it well, is, yeah. <laughs> well, Echo is saying to Selena exactly what's happened to Selena. Selena has also faced death and let her old self die to become her new self and her new self wants to kill Jeremiah. (laughs) That's what her new self wants to do. She believes in the fact that if someone tries to kill her, she's going to kill them. That's where she is. And that's where she's landed with her, this new version of herself. So this challenge from Echo seems to be completely misplaced. Even though Echo thinks she knows who Selena is, she has no clue. She she has no idea of the metamorphosis that Selena has gone through in the last few episodes, Mm -hmm. which is ultimately what Echo is asking her to do. And it's almost Selena is like, I am who I am now. I know who I am. And I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about myself. And you're not going to get me to do some crazy stuff. I've already gone through that by eating effectively the magic acorn, Mm -hmm. uh, which helped her uh, become now who she is, or at least it has emboldened her and enabled her to be this full flowing Catwoman. And it's, it's really nicely, um, played out here as well, I think. Absolutely. And just want to point out because I know this probably will strike it as a bit weird uh, to some people watching the episode. Uh, It's kind of underlined from Harvey Bullock. At one point in this episode, this, this takes place a week after last week's episode. So Selena has been, um, recuperating for a week since she took that uh, that acorn maybe a little bit over a week in fact um, so just to point out that there has been a little bit of time uh, going on between last episode and this episode so uh, I know that it looks like she's completely recovered with no issues at all very quickly and a week is very quick to recover but obviously magic involved so get that but I do think it's important to just point out there has been a little bit of time passed it's not just like she had the acorn and then was suddenly medically completely cured yeah absolutely and I think you know during this fight as well Echo pulls the gun on Selena uh, and whilst they're talking about um, this rebirth uh, or what Jeremiah can teach you you know just before Selena kind of knocks the gun out of her hands and Echo fires 
Jeremiah has taught um, Selena a lot. She knows what to do. And in fact, she hates people when they point a gun at her, which mm-hmm. is what Echo is doing. So this is really uh, pushing all the wrong buttons. And Echo doesn't really, really know this. So, I mean, Echo doesn't really know who Selena is. Yeah. A lot of stuff has happened. Um, and with that, she manages to sort of get the gun away from her face as Echo fires it off. But ultimately, Echo does get away because Bruce um, manages to distract uh, Selena as he's coming to rescue her. And, and again, this is ultimately where all these other previous moments in this episode leave Bruce effectively handcuffed to uh, railings in the church because mm-hmm. um, Selena is effectively, you know, taking the Frank Sinatra mantra to I'm going to do it my way (laughs) uh, and leaves him behind as she tries to go off uh, and follow Echo in order to get to her goal, which is Jeremiah Valeska. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't sure whether this was because Bruce slightly distracted Selena by shouting at her, trying to get her to stop trying to kill Echo effectively. I'm just not too sure that the timing of it was just slightly where I couldn't tell. Um, it feels like Bruce tried to distract her and it didn't work. Selena just didn't get, gain the advantage against Echo in that moment and Echo got away. I have to say the setup of that scene where you have all the discarded guns on the floor, some with a bullet in, some without, it just leaves a lovely bit of tension where you're, you're continuing playing this massive game of Russian roulette. Will Echo reach a gun that's got a bullet in it? Will she take it out? Will she shoot Selena? Will Selena get a gun? And kill Echo with it, you know, it really, or will every single gun misfire effectively? Nice little, uh, nice, nice moment and really good touch. Uh, and also, I know we mentioned the makeup, the costume of Echo is fantastic in the American flag and the mask with the, yeah. with the gunshot in the top corner of the mask Definitely. as well. Really yeah. cool. Again, looks slightly like something out of the purge. Feels like some of the designers on the, on the show this season have watched the, the multiple purge movies in the TV series and taken some inspiration from those, uh, those post-apocalyptic costumes that they're all wearing in those so really really cool designs for the episode yeah i think with that onto case note four mm-hmm. jim's haven has become uh, a target with all these people coming in from all over gotham from different zones uh, to join this community at haven uh, then where they have come from their previous masters or or owners if they're slaves are now starting to focus their attention on Haven, mm. just in the same way that Penguin uh, has done because with Mr. Penn, Edward the Bulldog, and the Gertrude Capelport Memorial Choir having left, you know, that moment where um, Penguin realizes that they have left and he is the only one remaining in his zone of Gotham, he has set his sights on Haven, as have the other uh, gang members. You know, we've got here that Bruce has brought clean water to Haven. Uh, there's food, the, mm-hmm. there's accommodation. There is a a peace uh, and serenity in comparison compared to the other parts of Gotham. Ultimately, it is safe. But because of that, it is looking to be torn down and becomes a target in its own right. Yeah, yeah. And effectively, Jim is telling everybody that if you're living here, you, there is a rule, and the rule is that no fighting amongst each other. Everybody has to work together to build this community and help each other survive until the point when the government might maybe kind of come and save these people, uh, even though he knows that's not happening right now, that they've they've been discarded. Even though he knows that, he's trying to keep everybody's spirits up by saying, we'll work together, we'll survive, and then eventually the government will come in and help us out. Uh, but we do have the standoff as Oswald arrives with the other three gangs uh, in tow. Jim once again pretending 
trying to pretend that he has enough bullets to take down Oswald, even though Oswald's factory is still producing thousands of bullets every day. Um, It's a great standoff. It's a really good, funny moment uh, when you see them (laughs) shooting back and taking out the men who were totally expecting there was going to be no bullets. And then Oswald goes for the approach of send another wave of the men in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it was really good. I must say, I did laugh, though, because uh, Jim shouts the order, let every bullet count to his men. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's all this gunfire going off. And the three people that have been sent in by Oswald, just two of them are shot. One is still um, standing, still uh-huh. alive, as then all these guns suddenly go click, 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 <laughs> as all the bullets have finally been used up. Mm-hmm. But it's just like... From the order of make every bullet count to effectively indiscriminate firing by his uh, police officers, I think Jim needs to work on his control and command. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But remember, Jim did say, my men could use the target practice. Maybe he was being very literal there and we thought it was a joke. <laughs> maybe it's new recruits into the GCPD because of people dying and they're they're just raw they've got no sense of direction i'm surprised they didn't shoot some of their own men (laughs) (laughs) just turn the gun towards (laughs) themselves by mistake and stuff yeah i know like remember at the end of season four the only people that stayed in the city were jim and harvey who stayed in the gcpd bruce who left selena and uh, and alfred about to leave the city he stayed in the city as well and then all of these other gangs all the other criminals that were there so potentially the gcpd is made up of a lot of people who haven't been police officers before they've just taken up the the uniform to help out uh, everybody in the gcpd so potentially that's it but uh, but yeah it was a it was a fun little moment uh, we know that harvey's been sent off to to get barbara to come back again i love their little interaction that they have yeah. between the two of them where barbara's like look men aren't allowed in here and are you not sick of being jim's sidekick he just asks <laughs> you to do whatever you want and then you just do it and um, we finally I mean, have a little moment where harvey's saying well that's not how i see it yeah. I'm, I'm there to help deliver what jim wants and then he mentions penguin and of course all of a sudden barbara's ears prick up she was literally going to ignore harvey until Mm -hmm. he mentioned that the reason he's come for her help is because it's all down to oswald cavalput and of course um yes barbara is still on the rampage for for penguin so she's suddenly like right come on let's get going and it's like really nice sort of quick turnaround there from barbara really Mm -hmm. like that of course but ultimately oswald comes in and locks up jim gordon to take control of haven Mm -hmm. along with the support of the street demons uh, and the other gangs that have come to to help him out here yeah but i think with that moving on to case note five the death of everything is because those same gangs turn on Oswald as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is, um, you know, leads to a number of different scenes here. I think importantly, as Oswald tries to get Mr. Penn back, um, from the street demons that he is killed. Yeah. You know, it's a really tough moment. And in my interview with Andrew Sellen, I mentioned that there's a lot of kind of, funny moments early on in this episode and his response really was because there's some quite heavy moments towards the end of this episode and in order to get you through an episode of Gotham like this you do need some lighter moments like the Gertrude Capital Memorial Choir singing at their arrival at Haven and singing Oswald down the stairs in his home that kind of stuff they're fun moments so that you can get through an episode when really you've lost a pretty 
great character in Mr. Penn here yeah. at the end of the episode and some bigger moments that happened as well. Um, but I do like this final moment between Penn and Oswald. They've always kind of been very close to each other over the years with Penn, you know, making sure that he's keeping himself alive the whole time through, but being a very loyal supporter of Oswald, always sticking with him all the way through. And we have that moment where he tries to teach him one final thing before he dies where he says to him, well, the reason we left is because everybody had started to hate you. Everybody hates you now. Um, and it effectively feels like Mr. Penn telling Oswald, you need to kind of get a bit of a grip on yourself or else you're going to lose everybody around you again. You've been alone in the past and you've forced people to be around you. You need to get a grip on yourself or else everybody's going to be gone and you'll yeah. be alone again. And you need to treat people uh, better. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's lost that sight. And in his that dying moment, yeah, Mr. Penn gives him a moment of truth, which again, is really important for that character because that is what he has always done. It mm-hmm. is that weird thing, is that he's always delivered the bad news to to Oswald, yeah. yet he has remained alive. And in his dying moments at the hands of um, a Demon Street gang member, Boo, yeah. um, then he is still telling him the truth, that the reason why he ultimately left his protection to come to Haven, even though he maybe didn't want to, was to uh, send that message mm-hmm. that um, he needs to make sure that he has the people on his side, not just all the guns. And it needs to be done in a way that is not about slavery or slave labor, but a kind of harking back to what? Oswald for mayor, that idea of being the mayor of the people of Gotham, yeah. um, to, to really, uh, help his way of doing things. You know, mm-hmm. Mr. Penn realizes the importance of having the people on side because he's worked with, um, the Falcone families. Yeah. So, you know, with Carmine and with Sophia at different stages. So he, he knows how empires should be run in that sense. Exactly. Uh, and that's why he was such a good right hand man for Oswald Cobblepot. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the other great thing that results from this is that Oswald is thrown into prison with Jim Gordon and it's that caged confrontation between these two men that are old friends but at the same time you know um are not on the best of terms at the moment and you you have that great kind of argument taking place between these two uh, in this cell and you really have penguin as almost like a childlike green-eyed monster and mm-hmm. uh, you know he doesn't understand how jim is so popular for him jim is like a bureaucrat um, and yeah. he's he's kind of one level he's a single note um whereas penguin is this memorial choir to his mother um it's a crescendo of greatness um and full of brass full of violins you know all coming to a big mm-hmm. close um but they're both in the same place uh, and Peng was like how do you do it i, I really kind of <laughs> like that moment it's here. really good and again a lot of credit to zishun for this episode because ben mckenzie's genuinely funny in some of these moments here with uh with oswald and you don't get that very often you get him playing off of the characters quite a lot but he's genuinely funny when he's joking about the fact that the reason why haven is so popular with the people of no man's land and gotham is because it's so far away from penguin that makes them all happy you know and he gives these little digs with a little wry smile on his face knowing that it's winding penguin up every time he says one of these moments but they do get away with the help of young will thomas um he comes in showing some of the other gangs where they where there's some alcohol that they can drink so he can kick the uh the keys into the cell and allow oswald and 
Jim Gordon to team up once again to take back Haven. But it is Oswald that wins the day. He's the one that gets all the plaudits from all of the people in Haven as he takes out his gun and just shoots everything around him, taking them all out, whereas Jim was just leading his GCPD gang to point guns at them. Oswald was the one that take, took those steps to shoot everybody in the room and take back uh, Haven. And he gets the praise. That's where we get the Penguin, our hero, yeah, moment yeah, exactly. at the end of the episode. Yeah, Ultimately... Um, it plays out whereby the penguin is seen as the hero of the day, mm-hmm. rescuing Haven from the Demon Street gang, Low Boys gang, and the Undead gang. Uh, and again, this this felt slightly like um, Shakespeare to me because it, it really went um, very fast towards uh, the end here, in in the <laughs> sense that you know that the classic line. Exit stage left, pursued by a bear. I think uh-huh. is it a winter's tale or whatever it is. Um, and uh, this was like you know, enter stage right. Uh, Babs on a mission. You have this mm-hmm. massive standoff, um, followed by you know, enter stage left, right, top, bottom, um, fire and brimstone. Absolutely. As then effectively we see the destruction of Haven. It was like. They literally, in their grasp, had the peace between gangs, um, Penguin on side, people flocking to to the safety of Haven. You have Will Thomas being made a a young detective of the GCPD. Mm-hmm. Everything is feeling fluffy. You've got Babs starting to in, interrupt this, uh, and then all of a sudden fire and brimstone as... Uh, yeah, Haven is kind of snuffed out, really. Yeah. Um, oh, well. <laughs> do you think this was a cooking accident? Do you think <laughs> yeah. someone was in the kitchen and left the gas on for too long? It was a gas leak, exactly. The Condiment King was in the uh, Yeah, Condiment King uh, was in the kitchen, turning on the gas, uh, and yeah. But effectively in this, in this, like, utter destruction, I presume most of the GCPD has just effectively gone up in smoke. Maybe. Um, I, th- I think there, there's a the, way of justifying it, which is that Penguin was about to leave, so possibly they were escorting Penguin and the remnants of his gang off the property, so anybody outside of the building is still alive. Um, but yeah, we don't know where Lucius Fox is, we don't know where Detective Alvarez is, for example, who we saw earlier on in the episode. There could have been a lot of members of the GCPD inside that building who just effectively exploded inside the building but once again this is just a moment of gotham saying jim gordon you can't win um all the way from season one from the earliest moments of of the first episode of season one the whole show has been saying jim gordon you cannot get a big win because if you get a big win then there'll be no need for batman so so the show is about (laughs) saying there's a need for batman because Gordon's never going to be the leader of everything. And everything was going way too well in this episode. We should have noticed that some of the bad guys were starting to get their comeuppance. Once that happens, Gotham starts to become saved. And that's not going to happen by the end of this series. Yeah, I mean, what's happened to Will Thomas? Has has he been uh, toasted? You know, the other kids, have they been turned into fireworks? Uh, What's happened here? Do you know, I have just this feeling, because Will Thomas is too young and too cute to not be involved in the bad guys. This is a bad city. Gotham's a bad city. And I just have this feeling that Jeremiah some way got him when he was walking across the city because he was supposed to have walked across the lands that Jeremiah is involved in, wasn't he? So did Jeremiah get his hands on him and get him to go into Haven and plant bombs all around to, to send a message to Jim Gordon? Is that what's happened? That's actually really interesting because when we look back at this for a second time, it was that 
the explosion comes from within the building. Initially, mm-hmm. um, I actually thought it was an RPG, <laughs> a bit like with the helicopter. I, I kind of saw streaks going across the, the screen, uh-huh. and I, I thought they were the trails of an RPG. So I thought it was kind of then you would attach it to the person who took down the Bruce Wayne helicopter bringing right. in supplies. But looking back at it, it's not really. It is coming from the the haven itself it's mm-hmm. coming from the buildings uh so these bombs have been planted inside and so that would be really really interesting mm-hmm. to see whether little innocent will thomas is in fact a really naughty boy <laughs> i know i'm very cruel i say <laughs> but i do think really the blame is obviously on jeremiah i think he's also the person that took down the helicopter in the first episode i also think the plan that was that was made to dig underneath the river to get out of Gotham is just crazy enough to be ah, a Jeremiah plan. Yeah. As well. So uh, these theories, well, uh, interesting. There were three episodes in there. I start, I start to get a bit of theories. Yeah. But also I will say, John, your theory about the RPG being the thing that caused uh, the explosion, it's not too far fetched. It does seem to cause quite a lot of issues in, in uh, the city of Gotham, really. There's a whole stash of rocket launchers there ready for any eventuality, isn't there? Well, it's part of where my Shakespeare analogy comes from because I did say, RPG enters stage right um, (laughs) because it was just like it was you know we're talking about crescendos and music building to Uh a big thing and it's like that's kind of what happened but it was the reverse because it took away that crescendo for Jim Gordon Penguin uh, even for Barbara with this showdown she you know she's finally got Penguin in her sights and then you have this huge explosion uh haven gone penguin presumably safe now from barbara because she's been knocked off her feet Mm -hmm. and the the thing that has been built by jim lucius harvey the gcpd is absolutely in ashes now so yeah Mm -hmm. um this this is gotham just tapping him on the shoulder saying "Uh -uh, no no or maybe this explains why there was an entire huge you know three or four story uh housing project left empty and open for Lucius to put people into <laughs> the last episode when he just found it was like this seems really perfect I don't know why anybody's living not living here <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> bombs bombs is what it is I think that's it for our top five case notes for this episode got the moment of the week John I'll give this one over to you what do you think I mean there's quite a lot actually but mm. I do like Olga singing Penguin, our king, on her own, in her thick Eastern European accent. Mm-hmm. Um, just great. So, so good. Just really funny. Nice bit of comedy uh, here. In in a very kind of also semi-serious episode of Gotham as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other one for me is just the fact that Haven gets blown up in the way that it does. Just how rapidly Jim goes effectively from hero to zero. Um, you know, everything that seemed to be building nicely for him and the GCPD and for the innocent inhabitants of Gotham. Gotham has just said, uh-uh, not happening on my watch. Absolutely, absolutely. In terms of character, Gotham character of the week. Mm, loads Derek. of these, loads of these. Yeah, obviously Mr. Penn, you know, this final episode for him, he has been a recurring character for the last two seasons. It's really sad that he's gone. Uh, definitely check out our interview with Andrew Sellen, who played the, played the part of Mr. Penn on the show. He does mention the character that he was supposed to be becoming uh, in the show. Had it developed and had he been allowed to stay on the show for longer? Had the show gone past five seasons? What character he would become? 
Uh, he talks about the actual scene where he died. There's a nice funny story about what was going on in the actual setup of that scene as well. And he speaks about his relationship with uh, with Robin Ortelier and the rest of the cast that he worked with over the seasons on the show. Really worth checking out that interview. Uh, also, we had the mutant leader in here, a comic book character that we have mentioned uh, from The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Uh, I think the realization of him on screen is really good. But I do think Echo does have to be given a big award for her moment in this episode as one of our characters Definitely, of the week. Yeah. This is a really standout episode for Echo. Some people even forgot about who the actress was because she only appeared in a few episodes before, but this is a moment that you'll see in previews, you'll see in uh, in at, at the end of the season, you'll see clips of this scene with this character because it really does stand out as a big Gotham character. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, um, Olga, Mr. Penn, amazing mm-hmm. um the mutant leader great to see uh, him visualized just like the comics and yeah i mean echo is an absolute standout here in terms of the design of her costume and um, her makeup but also just her interaction with selena kyle mm-hmm. in that uh, initiation ceremony that uh, praise him moment for jeremiah really really good yeah yeah absolutely john that only leaves us with how would you rate this episode of Gotham Season 5, Episode 3, Penguin, Our Hero? I give this five destroyed paradises out of five. Wow. Um, I really enjoyed this episode um, on a number of different levels. Mm-hmm. I think it really reminds you that Gotham knows best um, in terms of the city is not going to let Jim have his paradise ways uh, at all. I think we really see Selina... Um, take on and feel comfortable in her own skin as Catwoman. We have some really nice reoccurring characters here, both with Olga uh, on the stairs singing away to uh, Oswald Cobblepot, but also, um, you know, the loss of Mr. Pen, one of our favourites. Uh, and certainly I, I love the fact that he had about, you know, nine or ten pens in his top pocket as well. I hadn't really noticed that before. Mm. That was a nice little touch. Um, and, yeah, we we have... Uh, Bruce Wayne and Selena going off into the dark zone, teaming up, and we we have Oswald being villain, reasserting his authority again, uh, being thrown into the cell with Jim, back to zero, and then being the hero again, all in one go, and almost that taken away from him uh, by Babs, but then the absolute explosive ending there which was uh haven blowing and being ripped apart by these explosions so yeah i think there's a really good episode uh, i really enjoyed it excellent stuff i'd probably agree with you this is one of my favorite episodes so far this season and this season has been really good i'm really enjoying it i do feel more than any season so far more than the four seasons before now this is a season for the fans if you've enjoyed gotham up to this point it feels like you're going to be getting more gotham than you could ever gotham um it's really really good well done to zayshun uh, for this episode looking forward to the other two episodes he has coming up this season as well if this is the standard that he's at uh, for this episode so really really good yeah absolutely and fellow Gothamites, we'd love to hear from you about what you thought about this episode and all the episodes of the season. All you need to do is email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. You can join us over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash gothamtvpodcast. You can find us on Instagram or on Twitter at gothamtvpodcast as well. Just let us know your thoughts about each of the episodes as you go on. And we will, of course, be back next week with Gotham Season 5, Legend of the Dark Knight, Episode 4, Ruin. 
unsurprisingly. <laughs> yes, the ruins of Haven. Mm-hmm. They'll be picking through those ruins for quite some time, I think. I think so. I think so. Thank you so much for joining us, fellow Gothamites. Also coming up this week over on our other podcast on Defenders TV podcast, The Punisher Season 2 begins, the second last season of Marvel TV on Netflix, we believe. But yes, we'll be kicking off on Friday, the 18th of January 2019 with our thoughts about Episode 1 of The Punisher Season 2 on Defenders TV podcast. Come check that out. Yes, if you also like things uh, Marvel orientated, then our Marvel Netflix sister podcast is uh, out again after a short hiatus mm-hmm. over the Christmas period um, with the first episode of season two of The Punisher over on Marvel Netflix mm-hmm. out on January the 18th. And yeah, looking forward to that. Head on over to DefendersTVPodcast.com. Uh, for that for sure and if you like explosions you're probably gonna like that oh yeah absolutely (laughs) explosions and gunfire i think um head on over to listen to our thoughts and discussions on everything to do with the punisher season two talk to you again soon thank you so much fellow gothamites for listening as always it has been a pleasure i'm off to slice and dice because Well, I think it's just about ready for dinner time. Uh, And after we've had our lovely fill of food, we'll be back to speak with you again soon. Bye. Bye, Pengy. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.